Hey, what's up? It's my Yang from Mix in the Dark. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to Magic Mind for sponsoring this episode. Magic Mind is the world's first productivity drink, and you can check them out at magicmind.co. I'm going to start by talking about the previous episode because it um, drew many discussions, many questions, and also um, many emotions. I actually wanted to ask my mom more about the Mongol clan when she gets out of the hospital, but unfortunately, she never made it out and I will never get the chance. I recorded the previous episode three days before my mom passed. So my mom has this shop at our local flea market and the other day we went to open it up so that we can organize her things. Her colleagues were devastated at the news. They nicknamed her Nyetai Shijong or kind-hearted grandma. And you guys, I can't explain and express losing a mom. It is one of the most hurtful and confusing and most scary times in anyone's life. I've always followed my mom's words and that is to be kind to anyone you come across because you never know when you would need their kindness back. I still want to thank the many, many supporters and listeners who took just a few seconds of their day to write me a get well or a prayer message. I appreciate all of your kindness and I'll forever keep that in my heart and hope to return it someday. But hey, I just want to say that these Hmong clan curses or stories that have to do with last names usually originate from situations that can't be explained or situations that were new and were not accepted. It does not represent the clan itself. So sorry if I offended anyone. I'm so sorry. Um, or if I made anyone think that way during the last episode. I appreciate those who remained calm and questioned its validity. I also appreciate those who gave me a piece of their own story. Lastly, I appreciate all of the Mongvus who enjoyed the story, listened to it, and respected the author's viewpoint. Thank you for offering your thoughts. Here's a new story with a totally different scary experience for you, though. It involves a strange apartment with an interesting history. After reading the whole story, I personally think that the mystery of the apartment is still unsolved. But who would really want to take time to live there and actually figure it out, especially if your life is in danger? Let me know what you think. Thanks for sending in your story and please enjoy. I used to live with my sister and her family in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but I decided to move closer to my new job location in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I would be saving two hours a day commuting and not to mention also saving money on gas. Here's my story. It was 2017 when I started my apartment hunt. This would be my first time renting and I was doing it alone. I started searching for apartments on Craigslist. I found this two-bedroom apartment on the website, which was cheap compared to Milwaukee. It was for a co-lease, meaning I would be taking over the remaining months on the current contract, so five months. I decided to meet up with the two young couples to give me a tour of the place. I parked my car and gave them a call. We introduced ourselves and then they took me to my apartment. My first impression of the apartment was that it was old. The plus side was that it was in a decent location. There was a park right across the street, and the Lake Michigan River runs through that park. I am big on fishing, which means that if I took over, I wouldn't have to travel far to fish for fun. The apartment was a three-leveled apartment with three different tenants. I would be on the first floor. I thought that this was great because I didn't have to go up any stairs. They invited me into the apartment. As soon as I stepped into the front door, I already had a bad feeling like there was something else in the apartment besides the couple. 
As I made my way into the living room, I noticed that the layout of the apartment runs west to east. Starting with the two bedrooms on the west corner, it goes into the living room, kitchen, then furthest east is the bathroom. The living room was painted black and green, and the bedrooms were the normal creamy white paint. I questioned the two tenants about the coloring of the rooms. They mentioned that the owner allowed them to paint it to their liking. As I made my way to the kitchen, I started to notice the unleveled tiles of the flooring and the old school looking sinks and cabinets. I asked them, why are you guys moving out already? They responded with, oh, we're moving to a different town and already got an apartment over there, so we can't keep up with the two rents. I didn't think anything of it. We made our way to the bathroom, which is located furthest east of the apartment. We opened the bathroom door and it was a dark brick room with another door located on the west side. It just looked creepy as heck. I asked them what's in that door. They responded that it's where the water heater is located along with the owner's storage area. They opened it to show me. It was a small cemented room with some paint and tools in there. We talked some more about the apartment and then they said if I wanted to get it then we can start the paperwork. My workplace was only a five minute walk down the street so it was convenient not having to drive. I went through with it. We signed the contract. They informed me who to pay and who to call when I needed something and then we went on our ways. I went back to my sister's house and I remember I was so excited. I understood that it was going to be a little creepy living by myself, especially in a town where I didn't know anyone but I have stayed by myself in her basement alone so this would be similar. Or so I thought. I think I've always been too stubborn to listen to anyone. I just feel like if anyone is going to do it, it's going to be me. And I've always been that brother who always tries new things. Eventually, I met up with the owner of the apartment and he said that the place was built in the 1860s and that it used to be a brothel. A brothel is a place where men can visit women for pleasure. I didn't think anything of it, I just paid him. And I got a set date to move in. This was becoming real. A few weeks have gone by and it was time to move in. I packed up all my stuff and transferred it to the new apartment. The first night was like any night in a new space. You're not comfortable with it yet, so you get a little paranoid over anything. After a couple of days, I got used to my new place. Even though this was the case, there was something peculiar about my room. Every night before I fell asleep, I noticed that my eyes would always gravitate toward the northwest corner of the room. It always felt like something was standing right there staring at me. I didn't mind it or maybe I just got used to it, but when it happens, I just stare at the corner or I just turn back toward the wall and go to sleep. At the time, I was a heavy drinker, so I drank like every night, especially alone since I didn't have any friends in Sheboygan. It helped to calm my thoughts and feelings. The layout of my bed sits right next to the wall by the window, and I usually keep my apartment up to 73 degrees, so it does get warm. The windows can only open to a certain length, then it stops because it is secured with locks to keep it from opening all the way. I typically open the window before I go to sleep, so the room is nice and cool. When I am ready to sleep, I just close it. One night, I must have had too many shots of Grey Goose before going to bed. I closed the window and went to sleep like normal. But that night, I woke up in the middle of the night and noticed that it was open. I closed it again. When I got up in the morning, the windows were open again. I thought it was kind of strange and this probably happened twice within a two-month period. Because I was living alone, I knew I needed to have a strong spirit, meaning that I should not show fear. So I didn't really mind it. 
My birthday was around the corner, so I decided to invite some of my friends and family over to celebrate with me. I had about four friends from Milwaukee, my sister, my brother-in-law, and a few co-workers. There were about 10 of us total. We were drinking and decided that we were going to go explore the bars across the bridge. It was only a 30-minute walk from my apartment and a few minutes drive from where I lived. The bar was called Dave's Inn, which is a common party spot for the young Hmong community. When we got there, things were just getting started. You know how Hmong people are. It doesn't matter where the location and for what party, there are always alcohol involved. Everyone was there to have a good time. For all I knew, I blacked out by drinking too much, and when I woke up, I was already home. A few individuals left that night, but majority slept over. Everyone left for home the next day. I was still recovering, so I didn't do much that day besides cleaning up the place. Before I went to sleep that night, I had this weird feeling. That same feeling I had when I first walked into this apartment, and I felt like I was not alone. Typical me just brushed it off again. That night, after I fell asleep, I had this dream. In the dream, I was in my room sleeping like normal, but I was wide awake. I usually sleep naked because I live by myself. All of a sudden, this dark, hard, scaly hand came out from the wall of the window side and grabbed the shaft of my privates and started pulling it towards the window area. It felt so real. I was screaming and fighting it. Then I woke up and turned on my lights. I started yelling and spitting around my room, and then I checked under the bed and there was nothing to be found. I knew something was up, but I just laid back down and went back to sleep. Hmong folks believe that spitting at spirits or paranormal beings will get them to leave. It's believed that it will burn the spirits and embarrass them enough to leave. Water is also a sign of protection, which is why you may see shamans spit water at whomever they are doing a ritual for. I woke up the next day and ordered some red corn kernels. The reason why I ordered red corn kernels is because in Hmong culture, we believe that the red corn kernels are like bullets to spirits. The idea is to throw them at the spirits. If you hit them, it will injure them. Spreading them around your room will also create a safety barrier. The next day, I was ready for whatever it was that came into my sleep. I went to sleep again like normal and then had a dream again. In the dream, I was in the bedroom and there were a whole bunch of ghosts with white sheets covering their heads. They were sitting in every room doing their own thing. Suddenly, this ghost ran past me and hit my shoulders. I chased it to the same corner that I always felt had something staring at me while I slept. When I got there, it just disappeared. Right after that, I was able to wake myself up and I cussed and spat everywhere again. At this point, I haven't told anyone that came by to my house the other night about the two incidents. Two days later, I decided to ask them in our Facebook group chat if anyone had strange occurrences since my party. Two of them said no, but one of them sent me a private message. He told me that the night before, he was sleeping with his girlfriend, then felt something on the side of his bed. When he looked over, he saw a white lady with blue skin just sitting on the side of the bed staring at him. He looked at her for a good minute and then just went back to sleep. Hey listeners, this is my Yang, and you all know that I'm a mother, teacher, and podcaster, which makes my life extra busy. I often have trouble sleeping at night because my mind is always making a list of things that I would need to complete the next day. And what doesn't help is I still have to wake up early to go to work. And because of this, I get very little sleep and my energy level is just not always there. So I've been trying to find a way to keep my energy level steady throughout the day, and I think I found a solution. Let me introduce you to Magic Mind. It's literally this little tiny shot of magic that I like to take in the evening time. And I'm not gonna lie, I had my doubts about this little drink and I really wasn't buying that it was a productivity drink because like, 
how it's this little tiny bottle and I actually didn't realize that anything was working until my husband pointed out that I had been watching way too many movies so the thing about me is that I like to watch movies when I'm done with my tasks it's just a way for me to relax and he asked if I was okay um, and that kind of shook me because I was watching a lot more movies but that that meant that I had been completing my daily to-do list without any complaints. And you guys, this was during the week before winter break. And if you're a teacher, you know how busy and annoying every day is because you've got 26 little kids who are also excited for their break and they have no idea how to contain it. So most people take this in the morning for an extra boost. I actually like to take it during the evening time. I found that this shot has helped me to sleep a little deeper. I wake up with more energy and I do that in a more relaxed state of mind, which really helps me as I'm trying to get ready for 26 energetic little students. It's not heavy on caffeine, so you can take it in the after hours without worrying about not being able to fall asleep at night. It has many ingredients that are beneficial for your body, but the one that I like most is called Rhodiola rosea. It's a nootropic and an adaptogen that reduces fatigue and anxiety. It increases your body's resistance to stress, and improves physical and mental endurance, and enhances mental clarity. Seeing how well it works for me, I would really encourage you to try it out as well if you're having trouble feeling 100% on some days. I have a 20% off code to share with you guys. It's MIX20, that's M-Y-X-20. And to use it, you just go to magicmind.co slash MIX-MYX and enter the code MIX20 at checkout. The best part is that they have a money-back guarantee. And if you get the subscription, it's 40% off. My 40% off code only lasts 10 days, so you gotta hurry up. I'm also going to include the link in the description of this episode, so make sure you check it out. All right, back to the story. After a few of the incidents that happened to me, I started to question my friends about what happened the night since I blacked out. Come to find out, they had to walk back to my apartment from the bar because I left them at the bar. When they walked across that bridge at 2am, one of the guys started to say things like, I'm not scared of no ghost, I wish they would come out, I would whoop their ass. My assumption is that the lady ghost followed them to my apartment. Ghosts listen and they like accepting challenges, especially if they've been insulted. I yelled at him for that. After piecing those few things together, I was now spooked. I felt like my spirit was getting weaker. Since I did not have any family in Sheboygan, I started asking some friends to see if they knew of a shaman that would help me out and come check out my place. One of my friends in Milwaukee told me to go talk to her parents. I went to their house. They gave me some charms, but said that I should talk to my parents. One of the friends referred me to this one shaman lady located in Milwaukee. The friend lived in Sheboygan too, so she said after work she can come over and we can head that way. That day, we went to the shaman lady's house. It was already around 7pm, so it was already dark when we got there. The shaman lady came outside and invited us in. I noticed that she was a young shaman, about mid-30s, but I didn't question it. When we got inside her house, she invited me and my friend into the shaman room. She closed the door, and I remember I just stood there looking at everything. She had Chinese statues gathered around, leaving a small circle in the center for someone to sit in. She told me to sit in the middle. She then lit three candles. She said that the candles will help tell her what may be happening on the spiritual side. Then she asked me to tell her what happened. I told her the whole story and that's when she started. She started off by telling me why it happened. 
how it happened and what is going to happen. She said that the apartment that I am living in has a lot of trapped spirits since it used to be a brothel. There is a specific spirit that wants to hurt me. From her reading, she explained that if I stay at the apartment longer, it's going to try to cause harm to me. It looks like it already started the process. She also said that there is one spirit currently following me wherever I go. However, in her house, it is protected by her shaman spirits, so the spirit cannot come into her house. She said as soon as that bad spirit breaks the spiritual barrier, it's going to be able to control me and do things. At that moment, I sat there just numb. I was so scared at that point. She continued telling me more and more about it and asked that I would require her and her shaman team to do a ritual at the apartment. The spiritual rituals are expensive in general depending on your situation. For this one, it would cost me roughly $1,500. She then tied a string on my hands and explained that this will protect me for the time being. I reached out with my left hand, but she noticed that I had another string tied to it already. She asked for my right hand. I let her tie it. When she was tying it around my wrist, she started chanting some Chinese or spiritual language. After that, she used a candle and circled me with it. After all that, I told her that I was going to think about the ritual and I will let my friend know if I want to go forward with it. We left. I stayed with my sister that night. I slept next to my brother-in-law that night. I had a dream. I was lying next to my brother-in-law just like how we were sleeping, but with all these Chinese statues in the ceiling. They look very similar to the ones that I saw at the shaman lady's house. All the statues were all in a line on the ceiling, talking while looking down and towering over me. I just laid there looking at them, and then I woke up. The next day was a Friday, so I went to work and asked one of my co-workers to go with me to my apartment to get my clothes after work. He agreed and followed me to the apartment. I told him that when we get there, just say that we're going to the laundromat and we'll be back later. The reason why I told him that is because in our culture, if you are being followed or if there are bad spirits in your house, you don't want them to know that you're going to go, so they won't follow you and expect you to be back later. My coworker was spooked too by the story and would only stay by the door when we got there. I got my stuff and thanked him, then we went our separate ways. At this point, I would have already received my red corn kernels. I've already separated them into jars and I had them all over the place. As I was driving to Milwaukee, I felt like someone was sitting in my back seat. Every time I looked, I didn't see anyone. I started yelling at whatever it was and then I threw red kernels all over my car. I feel like I have a strong sixth sense to where I can feel them if they are nearby. I got to my sister's house and then decided that I'm going to go for a drink with my friends and I would be back. I went for a little bit and then came back. I went to sleep early since we started early, but my sisters and niece were still awake. The next morning, my sisters and niece came to question me and asked if I was okay. They said I grabbed my red corn kernels and went downstairs without turning on the lights and started throwing them everywhere. They said I was yelling, screaming, and spitting everywhere. I had no recollection of that. The next day was a Saturday. My little sister brought one of the family friends over and my brother-in-law also had some friends over. 
My little sister's friends and one of my brother-in-law's friends were Christians. We drank for a little bit, and then I started to tell them about what happened in one of the bedrooms. My sister's friend said, let me pray for you. She started praying for me, and then my brother-in-law's friend walked in. My brother-in-law's friend is a Christian that is striving to become a pastor. He saw how shaken I was, so he joined the prayer. He then pulled me to the kitchen and prayed again and again and then said, those strings on your wrist, cut them right now. At this point, I was crying like crazy. I don't cry easily, but I was so broken at this point. We cut both my mom's and the shaman lady's string off. He said that he was going to take me to church with him tomorrow. I still felt like I was being followed. As soon as I entered the church, everything lifted off my shoulders. For some reason, it felt like I had no stress, no worries or pain. It was the best feeling ever. We went through the whole ceremony and then I started my way out. As soon as I stepped outside of the church, all that bad energy came right back onto my shoulders. It felt like whatever was following me was waiting outside of the church. I was scared, but I acted like I didn't notice. I went back to my sister's house that day and my brother-in-law gave me his Bible. He said, read this when you get scared. I took it and started to read it. That night, I went to sleep in the room with my nieces. I was not able to sleep at all. It was like 2 or 3 a.m. before my eyes started getting heavy. It finally closed, and as soon as it did, there was a sudden knock somewhere in the room, and that woke me up. Those few seconds of my eyes closing felt like forever. Suddenly, my three-year-old niece stood up and started crying. I got even more scared, so I turned on the lights, and I took her to her parents' room. When I got back into the room, I forced myself to sleep in the little time that I had left before going to work. I went to work that day. I remember feeling super drained. I was still so scared and still had that feeling that something was following me. During lunch, I called my mom to tell her my situation and then I went to grab some food. I thought about what everyone was saying to me over the past few weekends. One of my good friends told me this and I still remember it to this day. You've got to be strong within yourself. You have fears that you keep running from and it's not just your apartment. If you really want to be strong, you've got to face your own demons. On the drive to get lunch, I kept thinking of that and then I felt all of a sudden I broke free from that spirit or curse. At that moment, I felt uplifted and my strong spirit came back. I began to wonder if it was the Chinese shaman. My theory is that she casted out her shaman spirits to me, similar to black magic. Reflecting on what had happened at her house, I'm thinking she broke down my spirit and invited her spirits into me, which is why I was having those weird dreams of those Chinese statues. Maybe the reason why she couldn't tie a string onto the same wrist as my mother's string is because in the spiritual world, her shaman spirits would have conflict with it. Not only that, the reason why she went into so many details on what is going to happen to me at my apartment was that she wanted to break me down to the point where my spiritual barrier was vulnerable. And another reason why she did that is because, well, she wanted my money. My mom bought an airplane ticket and flew to Wisconsin. She went to one of her trusted shaman and they performed a ritual on me. The ritual did not take that long, but she did it. Sure enough, she told me not to go back to the lady because that happened to one of her daughters too. Breaking the curse was not easy. It took two shamans to break the curse. 
It's been more than five years now. I have finally figured out what broke the curse. When I was driving to go get some food for lunch, it was my mom. She was over 1,000 miles away, but she got on her knees and prayed to the ancestors to help me out. She said that she did that right after I talked to her before I went to get lunch. She said she begged them on her knees with spirit paper and with traditional incense, and I just found this out this year. That was one of the worst two weeks of my life, but thanks to everyone who helped me, I am in a better place. If you've learned anything from this story, it is to find a trustworthy shaman if you are still with the old tradition. Don't just go to any shaman for anything. Be sure to have a good reference from a close family member. Finally, being closer to your parents will give you spiritual barrier protection from evil spirits. Now my parents live with me and we haven't had any crazy encounters since. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Mai Ying. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.